welcome to the Blend Podcast with Tom and Brendan, discussing all things e-learning, digital marketing, design and entrepreneurship. The podcast is brought to you by Blend Interactive Content. Find us on LinkedIn or www.blend.training. Hi Tom, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks Brendan. How are you? I'm not too bad. So what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about this idea of are we too connected nowadays or are we becoming more disconnected and isolated and the role technology plays within that in terms of people being glued to their phone, the amount of screen time that people have every day, documentaries such as The Social Dilemma where you know people getting worried about how our data is becoming an, an asset mm-hmm. for companies. Um, are we losing social skills? Quite a broad topic. Um, also, I think we want to talk about how what we need to think about ethically when we're designing e-learning in mm-hmm. this topic. So there's a lot going on here, but it's just this idea of how technology, the internet, social networks have changed the way we interact with each other. And has it is it a positive or negative? Has it made us more disconnected from each other? When we were chatting about what we were going to talk about before, we were talking about how we design e-learning. And obviously a big part of e-learning is gamification and rewards such as points or coins etc etc and before we started recording we were talking about the idea that likes or points or whatever elements of gamification are useful in terms of engaging the user in terms of making the learning sticky which I think is something you you can mention in a minute that's good in terms of keeping engagement high because instant gratification, that dopamine hit, etc., etc. Yeah. But do we want to encourage that type of learner behaviour rather than something that connects people in a more authentic way? Yeah, I think the thing is, is that focusing just on one thing and making it super addictive, so it's almost like an e-learning version of Candy Crush Saga, isn't a healthy way to go because it does just come at it from one side. And I think that it needs to be like a holistic approach where you've got you've got the incentives, you use the tools that we've got at our fingertips in terms of that stuff that's been well designed that has a good user experience, user interface, the way it, the way it encourages and rewards the learner while they go, but at the same time doesn't do it to the detriment of actual human contact and like actually having a class like classmates and feeling connected to a community of learners around you and that thing of social proof and the aspect of we want to make it balanced and I think the best way of teaching someone is in the way that it's using all the different senses and the different approaches actually a balanced learning approach always works really well a balanced medium in which we deliver it is important yeah I mean it's it's always trying to find that that line between making something addictive enough so the users engage and it's interesting but we also don't want people locked up in their bedrooms not talking to anyone not communicating mm. with anyone because they're just like playing the game because yeah. this is a problem with video games in general isn't it yeah totally um so yeah like social you said social proof that's i think like key this idea of maybe you do get rewards but you get rewards through helping other users you know contributing information you got we always come back to duolingo because it's got such good ux but this is a really good one where uh, when they first started i remembered if you offered 
if you answered certain questions, mm-hmm. you know, you got rewarded for that in the game. Yeah. I mean, Reddit is is obviously not e-learning, but you know, upvotes and things like that for yeah. the more you or Quora, you know, is another okay, example yeah. where you know if you answer questions, if you help that community, mm-hmm. then you're rewarded in the sense that your answer goes to the top or, or whatever. So yeah. it's tying in rewards or these dopamine hits or this instant gratification, but you're also contributing something to that particular community yeah. or an e-learning like learning community so i suppose the the big one of the big things is whose responsibility is it for making sure that that is a balanced approach do you think it's ours yeah well in e-learning it is yeah obviously there's constraints there because we have to work to a brief there's a scope that's been agreed with the client mm-hmm. they might not in inverted commas, care as much about that yeah. as, as maybe we do when we're designing it. But at any opportunity, we have to make sure because it's our ethics, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, this is this is our ethics, our moral compass. So yeah. we have to make sure at all times, if we can, we're addressing this idea of okay, in in the constraints we have, mm. how can we be as positive or as possible or create learning that we think yeah. is as constructive as possible yeah definitely I think that the responsibility is ours in the, in the way that you see with things like Facebook and places like that where they've almost said look we've given you everything you want it's your responsibility if you misuse it and that argument of if you've made it, it should you be regulating it and kicking people off if they misbehave and things like that in the same way as it's like if the user gets addicted to it it's not our problem but the reality is is that we're designing it, we're building those mechanisms in, and that's why it's important and why we always look at what we're adding to the e-learning is it is in the service of not just do we reach the learning goals, but do we reach them in a way that's good for the learner. You can't, you can't create something and then when people use it in a negative or toxic way, you just wash your hands of it and say, well, we, we didn't we didn't say you should use it like this, but you've created this platform or this training or or whatever it is that allows people to behave in this way. It doesn't mean you're responsible for their actions. That's different. You're responsible for that. But you're responsible for for the tech and there's there's an accountability there. There's a responsibility there to to do the best you can to make it as constructive as possible. And of course, that's a different argument when people like blame Facebook, you know, for yeah. some racist saying something horrible, well, of course not, you know. Yeah. But Facebook are responsible for managing that. And okay, well, is this okay on this platform? Do we want our platform to exactly. have this type of behaviour on it? Coming back to this idea of rewards and stuff, Facebook, Instagram, you know, it's about likes, it's about follows, and I think this is a big issue. This is for me, it's a negative when their self-esteem mm-hmm. comes from how many likes they've got or how many yeah. follows they've got because it's not real. Yeah. And this, these are types of elements almost of gamification. It's not gamification, but you know what I mean? Like rewards systems yeah. and stuff that are really unhealthy, I think. And this yeah. is something for sure in our lear- when we're creating learning, it's in the back of my mind, I want to move away from that. Yeah. And I'm not one of these guys who's like, you know, everybody should get a participation medal. No, I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying that. But... I think it can be. It's very easy to go down this route, especially with younger people, where you know you get likes or follows or, or things like this. That's a di- there's a difference between that and sport, where you get points for how well yeah. you are playing the sport. That's yeah. that's something that's more tangible and makes more sense to me because yeah. you've achieved certain 
you know, physical task or what mental task. You know, you've scored a goal. A goal's a goal. It's not you're, yeah. you're not a better person because you've scored a goal. It's just a goal. So yeah. I think there's a. For me, it's important to distinguish points or or points or coins or goals or whatever it is in like a sporting context than liking someone's picture or following someone's yeah, social it's, media it's, profile. It's, it's using that dopamine hit to reward actual improvements in behaviour and interaction and development rather than doing it like a Pavlov's dog and just dinging a bell every two seconds to make someone want to constantly click on buttons. And then the problem with that is when you start getting these dopamine hits, this gratification from a like or a follow or whatever, Mm. when you're in that moment, let's say you're at a concert, a music concert, you're filming it rather than being present in the concert because it's more important to get views or likes or whatever after with that content than being in the moment. Exactly. And for me, that's really worrying. Well, it's it's actually... It damages the learning because you, by the end of it, they won't have absorbed it all. They'll have just been hitting whatever gives them the. Well, yeah, learning. But I just I'm talking about in like in life, you know, going yeah, yeah. to watch a concert or a, or a sports event or whatever. Yeah, you. They, they, we've distracted from the reason for doing things. I noticed when I was when I was teaching, the social skills have definitely been affected yeah. in young people. There's definitely a change. I've, I've seen a change. You know, when I was at school, the bell used to go, lots of noise, everyone talking, chatting, going outside, playing football, whatever. I've been in classrooms where the bell goes, absolute silence, apart from kids just getting their phones out yeah. and using those 10, 15 minutes just to do whatever they want to do on their phone. Are we too far gone with that now? The, is it past the tipping point? I don't know. It, humans are basically designed to take the easy option because, like all animals, we're basically designed to conserve energy and that definitely comes across in technology we're always looking for the new app the new way to streamline something the hack for this the hack for that and because of that if you've got constant stream of new things that are going to speed you up or distract you it's it's just in our in our dna to want to go drawn towards that but the thing is is that behavior over time some people will realize they're doing it some people won't but you see the more extreme this behavior gets the more the following generation of people just start going is this really right and you see people talking more about well let's get more community back together just do more um, actual social things face to face and especially with the uh, accelerating everything we saw like an extreme version of everyone being online and no one getting to see anyone over the last year and a half with covid and i think at a certain point something clicks in people's heads like i am on my phone too much i am there's this, all, yeah, there's almost but, been this like counter reaction, hasn't exactly. there? To, it's like a pendulum swinging out. It's just like, oh, we don't want this, so we're going to ban all of it. And then it's like, oh, actually, no, we do need some of this. And then it, over time, the pendulum swims back to the centre. And everything works when it's balanced. And I think that's the thing is we're out of balance at the moment. Often there's this question that comes up that says, you know, is technology to blame? Mm. But technology's not good or bad, is it? No. You know, it's how we use it. And there's there's many positive examples you can think of of what social media has done in a positive way reconnecting yep. long lost family members or yep. things like that so it's it's an easy it's a lazy argument i think to be like you know, facebook's evil but like you said i think when you talk about the pendulum swinging 
I think it's more complicated than that because right. maybe for our generation it is, mm. and you know, people maybe in their thirties, forties, whatever, they have gone. Hold on a minute, I'm, there's too much screen time here. This is this isn't right. Yeah. But I don't think teenagers or people in their but own twenties. But this is the thing. That's the norm. We we've we've swung out from our generation. Basically, didn't have phones. And then we got phones, then we got addicted to phones, and now we're starting to feel a bit bad about that. And our, our kids have basically been born with a phone in their hand. So for them, it's the normal. And the thing is, it's like, like you're saying, technology is not intrinsically good or bad. It's how you use it, but also how you design but it. that's why I said, yeah. is it too far gone? I don't think so. I think With, with younger got, people. I think we've got to design in balance again. I think we have to go back and start putting in it guards in terms of the way that you design something so it's not just purely addictive but then that's tricky because that in, that involves changing corporate approach to designing stuff maybe I'm being pessimistic mm. but I can't see that happening because the more a person is glued to a screen mm. the more time they're online which equates to more money for for these big tech companies, whatever, because the more time is, you're online, the more data yeah. is being well. This, mined this from is you. the uh, this is the other side of the the, the digital divide pie, isn't it? It's just like it, it's the being able to be connected, but then also once you're connected, in that uh, previous episode we talked about, this is where it it really kicks in with the human psychology aspect of it. It's we're basically being optimized to to want stuff, and um, yeah. like I was saying, it was it, the, the pendulum swing. But then maybe that is too far out. So what can we? Is there anything that we can do to try and counter it? Well, I think it's an easy answer, I guess, because it's a go-to answer, default answer. But it always starts starts at home with yeah. parents and, yeah. and at school. Yeah, you know. So if the education system tries to address this yep. with kids from a young age. Yeah. Maybe we've we've lost a generation. That sounds bad, but generation iPhone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like you said, you should you can't like give up. But yep. I think if we put more emphasis and gave more attention to okay, but what's a healthy use of technology? How do we want technology to benefit our lives, which we haven't really done. Yep. We've just been like, Oh cool, technology. Like, look at this app. You know, go on this. This will make your life easier. And then we're like, oh maybe it doesn't actually so I think some in the edu- in the global education system, yeah, you know, or national curriculums or things like this, if that's at least addressed in some way, that's a start. Yeah, and you've got to hope that parents at home try and manage it as well. But then another difficulty with this, and I've seen this with like parents I know, you know, family members who have kids, friends who have kids. Firstly, being a parent's hard work, mm. and to placate your kid sticking him in front of an iPad is often an easy solution. Yeah, yeah. And then the other problem is if you are much stricter with your kid in terms of their use of technology, but all of their mates are constantly on games and, and playing games with each other, and yeah. then this is going to create a conflict between the parent and the kid as well. It's, you know, it's this whole concept of, well, I don't, I don't want to be on social media because of reason X and Y, but often people that's how they organize things or that's how they communicate so you're exactly, out yeah. of the loop yep. just because that's the platform that is used there's got to be a a big shift and i don't think it's a shift of not using technology i think no. i think it's, it's integrating it yeah it's integrating it and it's just 
it's people at the top, like these big tech companies, trying to be a bit more ethically conscious or however you want to define it and understand that maybe if I just earn a few less billion this year, but this could have a massive positive effect on society, maybe that trade-off's worth it, which is probably a bit idealistic on, yeah. on my part. There. I know it takes a lot. It takes a long time to like for, the bigger the, the bigger the beast, the longer it takes to change direction. And there's definitely a bit of a shift, even if it's still at its core about money. There's definitely more social awareness, kind of social impact, positive uses of corporate time and resources that they're using because they see that it, they, they've, they've, it's like it's been reframed to be, okay, it's marketing and communications. If we're actually good for society and good for the community, that has a positive impact on the bottom line. And there's a definitely a, a, like a change of mindset that has happened in a number of bigger companies. And obviously, it's always difficult to get the entire company to go in a completely new direction. That's true. But it is, if you compare, say, like the way that they behaved during uh, riots, during the um, uh, COVID, during various big pivotal shifts recently, compare it to like the 80s of the way companies, like, like as a sweeping statement, companies behaved, there's more of a social awareness and impact because they understand that they have, uh, companies have a massive. Yeah, I'm not sure. If I'm being really honest, I'm, I'm not sure about that. No, I, I don't. I don't trust big companies to like change their ethics. And mm. don't worry, they'll they understand that they need to be ethical. And I think I'm not sure about that. I think the reason they're changing it is because the customers are changing their minds. Well, well, yeah, the the, the companies just follow the money. Yeah. Exactly. So look, you've got a hope, mm. like from an idealistic, maybe naive point of view, you've got a hope that these companies are going to like grow a bit more of a conscience or whatever. Mm. But I'm not holding my breath. No. So I think, like everything, and you've started to see it with the pandemic and stuff. People are questioning things maybe a bit more than they used to. Yeah. Questioning certain structures, certain power systems, and stuff like that. Yeah. So, and. You, you have seen it you know once upon a time slavery was in inverted commas okay mm. you know or look at how um, like the gay community and all of this yeah. look at how much progress like they've made yeah. and things can change Definitely. you know culture can change and people have the power to change culture mm. so I think this is just another example of that if we realise okay we need to question our use of technology we need to understand that according to these companies we're just a commodity our data is what is valuable to them mm. and we're willingly handing over this data by being on our phones by yeah. using this technology maybe we should redefine our own relationship with technology mm. and change comes from like that in the same way I don't know maybe another good example is like vegetarianism or veganism like these companies like Beyond Meat and stuff are like super popular now and like yeah. make a lot of money yeah. you know when I was growing up I hardly knew any vegetarians now it's like pretty standard thing not standard but you know it's not weird if someone and it comes that. back to education people change their mind yeah. because they're educated about a different or better way of doing something yeah and so you're right when you say all you know in this capitalist society we live in rightly or wrongly businesses the bottom line is what is most important to them yeah. so they will just follow consumer behaviour so they can make profit exactly so that's true what you're saying but we but the real change I think is is going to have to come from like the individual yeah when I said like they're changing their way of approach I didn't mean they were actively just going out of the blue like like yeah, I said yeah. they're, they're, people are becoming part of the thing one of the positives of all being connected and access to information 
is that people's awareness of say like the, the Beyond Meat one's a good example of what actually the industry does to animals mm. and that's changed uh, what, what that type of food does to your body that kind of that connectivity actually on the, the like it said it's not good or bad there's both sides of everything and that connected uh, like that connectivity to that information has helped a number of people with that Absolutely. That decides to change their mind. Wow. They decide to change their behaviour, and then that changes the corporate approach. Definitely, and it's this. You know, again, it's this whole thing's a double-edged sword. Like getting access to information, we can access before sharing this information with each other on whether it's like Reddit or or YouTube or wherever. Yep. you can find we can find out about anything now. Uh, and the same applies to what actually has happened with COVID and everyone on lockdown is that it's raising aware it's going to raise awareness and it's going to be an ongoing discussion now about the psychological impact of isolation uh, and non-social interactivity yeah and that 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 discussion is going to bring to light a lot of information um that people are then going to change their mind about the way that they behave and change their their behaviors which then impacts the way that the companies behave again so i think it will change a bit how it changes obviously it's just I mean and then you've the, the problem you're always going to have is we have access to information but that then we're moving now towards this concept of misinformation exactly you know and propaganda and stuff like that and that's another can of worms because yeah like if I want to find out about you know I don't know veganism or whatever any new mm. thing I'm thinking about possibly changing my behaviour in I can yeah. find that information online but then the next step after that is, okay, what information can I trust? Exactly. And then this comes back again to governments and big tech being connected to each other. You listen mm. to people like Russell Brand, he talks about it a lot. These power structures are all actually the same people. Yeah. And it's creating like these polemic debates where you're this or this. And it's like, well, actually, can I even trust this information that's available to me anyway? Mm. And this is like the, the can of worms because you just have to try your best to to figure it out and educate yourself as yep. best you can and uh, understand that often, you know, the shades of greater things, unlike, you know, when you go on Twitter or, or these types of platforms, everything is just so black and white. Mm. And if you don't believe this, then you must be this yeah. or this cancel culture, you know, you've yep. made this mistake. So you're a terrible person forever. Yep. And this is why this whole conversation is a bit tricky because there's not like a clean answer. Mm. I'd say that the thing is as well is that part of this polarisation of everyone and everything is comes from the fact that you're also being shown through the filter of they're, they're improving the algorithm every day and this kind of thing. So you're shown in like an echo chamber of... You, you show a, a, like a slight inclination towards vegetarianism and suddenly everything becomes polarised in that sense to lead you down that path. And I think yeah. when we talk about connected it comes back to that thing of some of the coolest things I've seen get done like my friends in London who basically formed uh, realised their kids were all on their devices all the time and they've started making a going back to that sort of thing of having a parent teachers association thing that start addressing the stuff that doesn't get addressed like what about devices how we how do we get our kids more active how do we get them all in one place and it's like yesterday we went climbing and there was as soon as it was basically the school finished and you could see the parents bringing a group of kids and there wasn't a device in sight and so there is an element of getting that 
perspective and getting that balance back in comes from talking to other people and try getting back into that social community element that brings the balance of lots of people around the table talking and giving their opinions without a filter over it in terms of in my opinion change is always going to come from the bottom yeah you know it's going to come from individuals Mm. changing their decisions but technology can be used to help that okay you've got this parent teacher association or a climbing club or whatever it is all right well that can be organized through facebook or some sort of social media so Mm. it's not yeah use these things in in a constructive way of course like again technology is amoral yeah but i think for me the worry thing is this idea of like surveillance capitalism you know I, i heard this term when i was researching for this podcast and it's it is a form of our economic system that mines human experience. So, okay. you know, as in logging our data trails right. and collating our data and our decision-making online mm. so then they can produce predi- predictions about what we want yep. and then sell that data to the appropriate, you know, companies. And yep. I think as long as we are aware of this, there's no reason why we can't use technology in a way that can, that's constructive and help uh, helps us as long as we I think have a level of awareness of really what what these these big companies are trying to do with our data yeah it's just an exp- it's an experiment and the data gives them more accuracy in their approach to what they're doing um, it's definitely something that started when they were doing um, when they had Freud came over to America and he bought the idea of um, basically like propaganda yeah but basically it's the idea that um, they rebranded propaganda because propaganda has negative connotations into marketing and they literally it's the same thing Um, and the idea that if you can give people like a distraction that keeps them keeps them placated they'll basically you can you can sell them all sorts of things Adam Curtis Okay. Fantastic, oh. fantastic documentary maker. It's called The Century of the Self. Yeah, that's the one. On BBC, it's amazing, yes. It's, you can watch it online. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's on YouTube, yeah. No, it's great. We'll put definitely put that in the show notes. Yeah, I mean, you can go down massive rabbit holes here <laughs> yeah. with this conversation. Yeah, exactly. And we've just tried to do it in, you know, half an hour. Um, but yeah, I think it's, for me, really interesting and just like tying it up, especially because I think we sort of have a responsibility when we're creating our own work and Mm. I think that's why we wanted to do this podcast in the first place to think about okay how can we yeah change comes from the bottom individuals need to Mm. you know make their own decisions you can't like hold people's hands but we but also we can create learning that we think at least either minimizes negative behavior or tries to create more positive habits in the way people learn or train or use their devices if it's through what we produce yeah and I think it comes down to one question and you can use it for e-learning and you can use it for yourself and your, uh, your own behaviour in general is just say is this is this behaviour good for the learner and yeah. then when in normal situations is this is this behaviour good for my kid is this behaviour good for me I think you're right I think that's a good that's always a good starting point I think that's a nice way to sort of wrap it up mm. yeah great it's nice talking Cool, man. Speak to you soon. Chat to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Blend Podcast. It's available on Spotify, Google, and Apple. You can find Blend Interactive content on LinkedIn or www.blend.training. Don't forget to like and subscribe. See you next time.